2: Salt and pepper is here. However, we're missing the salt, but we do welcome the condiment off the interchange bench. Leith Marshall, thank you for joining me tonight. I think it
3: makes me the tomato sauce.
2: Really? Is that because you're a ranger? Yeah, it'd Yeah. Be that. yeah.
3: <laughs> sauce head.
2: <laughs> sauce head. Yeah, our ginger ninja joins us for the second week in a row. Thank you for filling in for me last week.
3: Oh, most welcome.
2: And this week for young Pete Dylan, who's uh, Dylan, he's he's on assignment. He's off doing something important. Oh, I don't know
3: what like, it is. War correspondent I think
2: so. I think he, you know, he, probably, actually. Yeah, that's in the so trenches. Really, yeah, he's in the trenches. He's taking a hit for the team, whatever that means. <laughs> 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 Look, you are listening to Salt and Pepper on Joy 94.9. It is three minutes past the hour of seven on this beautiful, beautiful Tuesday in Melbourne, which started out in a more apocalyptic fashion this morning. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on the weather?
3: Batten down the hatches. Oh, my yeah. God. I, um, I knew there were storms coming. But I didn't realise it would be that sort of disruptive, if you like.
2: Look, it really was just a bit strange and I thought I might get out of walking the dog and then the sun came out and, you know, that was it. I had to get out there. <laughs> Look, we, um, you know, the sun is still shining in Melbourne. It's, it's it's creeping up to five past seven. We've got a great show tonight. We're chatting to uh, a Greens MP in WA, the Honourable Lynn McLaren, who is uh, a lady in Perth who is doing some great things around marriage equality and uh, homophobia in schools. So we're going to chat to her first up. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to chat to a, a freelance journo who wrote something for Same Same around where is gay and lesbian reporting in mainstream press at the moment. His name's Miles Heffernan. So we'll we'll am looking forward to, to speaking to Miles. Look, I think so. And I know that you've got some really interesting questions planned for him. And then we're going to round it out with uh, a chat with Anthony Wallace from a- uh, Equal Love in Melbourne. Anthony is going to chat through the article that Doug Pollard, who's a, a, the Rainbow Reporter here on Joy on a Thursday night at 7. Um, Doug's written this really interesting interesting piece on his website called The Stir and we're gonna chat that through around where is marriage equality, what are we doing and, and do we need to change. So bit of a fun show. Are you happy to be here?
3: So happy. And kinda of surprised. Why? After last week I thought, you know, it would be a bit of a don't call us, we'll call you. So when you asked me to come back, I thought, well I kinda stuffed up too much so We'll see if the hate very... mail starts flooding in.
2: <laughs> well, you know, speaking of hate mail or just sending us some love, you can send us an SMS on 0427JOY949. You can drop us a line at onair@joy.org.au at or you can drop us a tweet, which is at salt saltnpepperjoy. That's all the deets. You need to send Leith some love, so we'd love to hear from you.
1: To find out more about Joy 94.9, check out joy.org.au. If
2: you are listening to Joy 94.9 and you're in fact listening to Salt and Pepper on Joy, I'm here with Leith Marshall and on the line um, we're going to be chatting to the Honourable Lynn McLaren who is an MLC that joined the West Australian Parliament in 2009 in May. And as a Greens WA elected member of the Legislative Council, she represents people in the South Metro region, which I used to live in, by the way. Oh, which really? is why I'm I'm quite keen to talk to her because she has an office down the road in Fremantle where I used to live. More importantly, Lynn's going to do a second reading of her marriage on equality bill in State Parliament this week and has called on the government and the opposition to support this bill. And more recently she addressed the Equal Love Rally for Marriage Equality in Perth this Saturday, just gone. Lynn joins us on the line now. Good evening. G'day, Serena, and hi, Leith. Hi, how are you going? Good, thanks. How are you? Fantastic. Look, we're very well. Um, you sound like you might be a bit foreign. Yes, I'm not from around here. I'm not from around these parts. <laughs> so tell us a bit about yourself before we, we get into to what you've been up to. Uh, well, I
4: uh, found Australia through Rotary Exchange when I was in high school, and uh, I came back to live in Perth. Haven't left, really. And uh, I think I was the first... Uh, US citizen that's ever been elected to the WA Parliament. So that's, um, yeah, just something I bring from my background.
3: It's only human that you would come here and fall in love with the place and want to stay forever.
4: That's Um, true. But (laughs) let's not spread that around too far.
3: Yeah, we want to keep it it a good
4: secret. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, that's the problem, keeping it a secret. By the way, we've had a magic sunny day today.
2: Well, thanks for sharing that, Lynn. You might have heard that we had the apocalypse this morning in Melbourne. I did. I did.
4: But any, I, didn't, I wasn't going to say, but, you know, it's so beautiful here. Just a, just a lovely day. But I do, I do love Melbourne, even, even with the deluges.
3: Uh, Lynn, can you tell us a little bit about what the bill is actually out to achieve?
4: Well, it's the same as all the state bills that have been introduced uh, by the Greens throughout Australia. We're trying to make it possible to extend marriage rights to people who are non-heterosexual. So our bill is actually called a marriage equality bill. It's just one step on the way to same-sex marriage uh, and... We were all hoping that the federal bills could get passed, but when they failed, uh, really this was the last step open to me as someone in the West Australian Parliament.
2: Okay, and you're going to uh, you're going to do a second reading this week in Parliament. That's right. Um, and obviously, you're calling for the government and the opposition um, to support it. And from memory, Colin Barnett is your premier. He is, yes. Yes, and um, he's of the Liberal ilk. So, yes. how do you think that will fly in terms of numbers for support? Look, um, the purpose for
4: second reading it. Uh, Thursday is really to put it on the agenda for the state election. uh, We need to ensure that people when they go to the polls vote for the right people and in order to bring marriage equality into a reality uh, we've got to vote for people that would support it and Colin Barnett has not gone on the record as saying he would support it. Um, So yeah, uh, this kind of lays down the gauntlet I guess
3: We're talking to Lynn McLaren who's an MLC from WA and uh, this weekend she's a, oh, this week sorry she's going to be introducing uh, a second reading of her bill on marriage equality. Uh, now Lynn we were talking a bit about it before the break. What's the reaction been from other MLCs?
4: There's um, not a huge amount of support currently amongst the MLCs. Um, which is why it's important as an election issue to make sure that when the new parliament is formed, and we're due for an election on the 9th of March, uh, that the members that are elected are going to take it up. Now, I did get uh, a really uh, kind of supportive response from John Hyde, who's a member of the lower house of the ALP, and um, he also has a marriage equality bill, so there there definitely are people among the AOP who are supporting it but we don't have a uh a conscience vote here in WA for this, so the pressure's got to be put on in the state election.
2: Okay, so it, I think that if you get the gay vote, that's that's a really wonderful set of numbers. Mm. Um, I grew up as a gay girl in WA, and and my experience of, of growing up, and I'm I'm in my forties, so it's 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 a different it's a different town now. Mm. Um, is that it's, it was reasonably conservative and. Uh, I wonder if if that conservatism will still produce the voting in the negative at at this coming election. Do you have any thoughts on that? Um,
4: I think that... Well, there is a history of WA being a bit conservative. We also are one of the fastest-growing populations in Australia, so we're always getting people who have lived elsewhere coming into WA. I think we get a thousand new citizens every month, so it's pretty—it's pretty high number of you know people who might not be limited by that conservative thinking, but also. As is throughout Australia, the majority of Australians want to see this reform. They can see that it makes a difference to families, it makes a difference to your workmates or your sisters or brothers or, you know, friends, people that you know. Uh, so we do see the same kind of general support for marriage equality in WA that we're facing throughout Australia, and I think that if you looked at, you know, when the last federal bill went up, uh, all the uh, AOP people in WA voted in favor of marriage equality, and they had actually changed their mind. So, in particular, there's a guy called Gary Gray who was elected for the seat of Brand, which is south of here, Serena, so you might remember, around Rockingham.
2: I grew up in Safety Bay, so yes, that oh, that yeah. area is my voting electorate.
4: Right, well, yeah. that's, uh,
2: yeah, he actually
4: changed his vote, so he originally was saying that he didn't support marriage equality and stuck to his guns for quite a long time. And then towards the end of the debate, when the vote was taken, he publicly announced that he had decided to uh, support marriage equality. So I think that in and of itself is a good indicator that times are changing and there's more and more support. But, you know, you never know until until you test it with a vote on the floor. And I think during the election, if people do vote for that reason, there's always so many reasons that people vote. Um, they may... Um, you know, vote on other for other reasons like they don't want that canal estate at Point Perrin or something. But if they vote on marriage equality, then I think we can pass this legislation you know first up in the new parliament and that's what i'm looking forward to and that's what i'm encouraging people to remain optimistic
2: about well you know i i love the way you think and I'm, I'm sure leith does as well building on that that optimism that 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 you're that you're actually promoting at the moment is is what you've just said to us some of the stuff that you said at the equal love rally on the weekend oh that was a great rally tell us about uh, that It was about a thousand people this time. It wasn't as
4: big as the last rally. You know, we're doing these Equal Love rallies maybe every six months or so, and the last one was just such a high-powered rally. We we marched through the malls, Hay Street, Murray Street Mall, and there was a sit-in when they got to Murray Street Mall, Um, and the energy was just palpable. So many really. Committed people, and at the beginning of my speech, I would like to ask, you know, who's who's been who's here for the first time at this rally, and there were maybe I don't know one third of the people that was their first rally. So we're still attracting new supporters, even after these um, rallies have been happening for I don't know maybe two or three years now. So I I think it's there's a great sense of optimism. Now in Perth, I don't know how it was in Melbourne, but we didn't see um, we didn't see as many people turn out this time as last time. Now, did you find that in your rally?
2: I have to say I didn't go. We're talking to ah. e- Equal Love. I've been I've been up in Sydney, so um, ah. we're talking to Equal Love later in the show today. So we will get those numbers. There's usually a very good turnout in Melbourne. I have to say people yeah. have to. Um, you know, people are not afraid to come along and support it. There's been a lot of rallies in Melbourne though recently with a couple of girls that have been murdered, so there's a reclaim the night stuff that's taking a lot of traction right now around safety for women. So yeah. you know, Melbourne is a this year. Yeah and we look- had
4: a reclaim the night Martian Frio
2: well look i think I think all of these things are you know they have their place in 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 the landscape of of how we how we leverage change and 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 how we action that yeah this is this is a station that that broadcasts around the country and and online around the world what's your what's your statement here what's your call to action for people that are listening who are w a listeners for instance what is it that you want them to do
4: oh, look talk it up and and still believe that it is possible. When I when I meet young people and they're desperate to see some positive change, to see that this discrimination this is really one of the last forms of discrimination for young people and they're looking for hope, they're looking for something that that says, you know, that they can get married to their to their young lover. And and this is what really drives us, because the the opposite coin of that is the the homophobia and the bullying that can occur, you know, when you're when you're younger, uh, especially when you're younger. And so, what we're trying to do is is make the future better for everyone, and and it also affects um, older people who. Maybe they've even got grown-up families, and they're just seeking that that security as they they go into their um, next phase of life. You know that security that you know you're married, and and it's just a different. um, It just brings us into the same. Respect and the same integrity as heterosexual couples, and I, it's the right thing to do. And I know that eventually it will happen, like they say. You know, you're on the wrong side of history if you don't support it. So, so now is really the time to talk to your friends and neighbors, and you know, people at the grocery store, whoever, and say, you know, it matters to me that that we have marriage equality, and. Can you help, you know, can you, you know, maybe vote for someone who supports marriage equality or ask your MP, do they support it and put them on the spot? You know, they they shouldn't be allowed to sit quietly while this major social change is happening. Um, You know, where do they stand? So ask your MP and vote accordingly.
2: And I think you've really captured it quite beautifully when you just say, talk it up. I mean, it is. It's, it's, it's the language of equality that we need to be promoting. We've just been chatting with the Honourable Lynn McLaren, who's a member of the Legislative Council in Western Australia and a resident Greens member in WA. Lynn, thank you so much for your time tonight. We've, I've just gotten such a lot from chatting to you, and I know Leith has as well. Definitely. I just Thanks, I, I, I do love the way that you see this, and, and we wish you the very best of luck. And... Uh, You know, please come back and chat to us again.
4: Yeah, and I'll be sure and let you know how the bill goes and and, um, how we do in the election.
2: Well, we'll be calling you about that bill in the next couple of weeks, Uh so stand by for another chat. (laughs)
4: Great. Thanks a
2: lot. Good night, thank you so much Good night. What a lovely lady
3: I oh, know, she's fantastic. And she's
2: got a voice like honey, you know I, could just, I, I sort of just found myself sort of just lolling along with it. Look, it's 22 minutes past 7, you're listening to Salt and Pepper on Joy 94.9 um, We did get a message wanting to know what is an MLC and it's the member of the Legislative Council.
1: You can find more Joycasts and show blogs go to joy.org.au
2: you are listening to Salt and Pepper with a little bit of Leith thrown in.
1: The Resident Ranger.:
2: Indeed you are because young Pete Dylan is off on assignment. We, we do believe he's off being a war correspondent, mm-hmm. and he's in the trenches. That's the story we're sticking with, and I, I, I think it, it resonates beautifully.: I
3: think he's a little bit more yarn event than Peter Stefanovic personally.
2: Yeah, I think so too and just as pretty. Um, We just came out of a fantastic song there which is I Am What I Am from the Queer as Folk soundtrack and that's around about a 2006 track, a really great series Um, and we've just had a wonderful text message from Eric. Now Eric is a very special man, He he's often on the desk at Joy when we come in but he's never on during our show. He's a a very special man and he said, hello my darlings, just wanted to say how I enjoyed your interview with Lynn and how her quote about talking marriage equality up and speaking to all around, around us to gather support was so important. It's only a matter of time. Hugs from Eric. He is possibly. I often, you know, um, promote Eric as Eric is the nicest man that I've ever met, mm-hmm. and he really is. So anybody who phones in to join a Tuesday afternoon and gets to talk to Eric, <laughs> they're very lucky. We do have someone else on the phone though.
3: We do. Uh, Miles Heffernan is a freelance journalist who has recently written an article for Same Same that reviews where GLBTI reporting in the mainstream media stands today. And lucky for us, he's on the phone right now. Welcome, Miles. How
0: are you both doing?
2: Oh, we're well. How are you? Fantastic. Look, Mars. I-, I read your article um, on Same Same this morning, and it-, it really got me thinking around where are we at with mainstream media in the way that it reports gay and lesbian issues. So we have we have a Miranda Divine, the not so divine Miranda, okay, <laughs> and then we have other people like Tori Shepherd who are quite firmly firmly in our camp. Walk us through y- this article because not everybody that's listening right now will have read it. So uh, tell us your thinking.
0: Look, I was a little frustrated last year where I'd had a dose of both Miranda Devine and another journal by the name of Angela Shanahan who referred to marriage equality as uh, marriage equality through the looking glass. So, just like a, a marriage, but it's not quite right. And I was, I put pen to paper, penning a furious letter off to News Limited, which of course didn't get me very far. And then I uh, started to have a look around at some of the other journals and, and there, there seemed to be a real uh, a huge amount of positivity. And, and in the case of uh, The Punch, for example, they've done over 100 stories that are favourable of both marriage equality and broader same-sex type issues. And, uh, and have only had 10 that, or less than 10 that are, that are anti it and none of those have been written by a staff writer.
3: That's really interesting. So... Um... When you interviewed uh, Tori from The Punch, did she mention, uh, seeing as News Limited is a traditionally quite a, a right-wing publication, did she mention getting any flack, not just necessarily from the readers, but maybe perhaps the, her co-workers?
0: And I think that's a, the perception that News Limited is because you've got such high-profile people like your Divines and your Bolts, almost like uh, misrepresent some of the, the the reality of what they're actually like. Don't get me wrong; they are more right than left. But uh, uh, but she's actually was said quite the opposite. That not only has she not had uh, been told to pull her head in yet, she's uh, she's been surprised that she hasn't. <laughs> so so she was sort of uh, has had a pretty free reign to be able to put her voice to
2: it. Look, I think I think that's a really interesting media moment, isn't it? Because if we think about gay and lesbian, bisexual, transgender, intersex and queer reporting um, 10 years ago. What was the state of play then, do you think?
0: It was not, not really non-existent. The concept of, of the term marriage equality wasn't even used back then uh, and civil unions were, were considered a pipe dream um, and, uh, and, and this was kind of not even given any, any mainstream press. It was left for the, uh, the street press and the, uh, and the gay press to, to really take the cause up. And it took about three years, three years ago, it really, really took over.
3: And what major event do you think it was that kind of pushed the press in this direction? Was there anything in particular or is it just, you know, everyone's attitudes sort of slowly evolving?
0: if you cast your mind back about three years that's that's when the uh the internal uh success of uh, of the AME were doing so well if you like and uh, and really getting the the labor party rank and file behind the, the, their cause and that's when commentators started to say oh well we've we, we've got to put our position to it and uh, the first one off the blocks that was really strong was a gentleman by the name of David Pemberthy, who is the editor-in-chief of, of uh, news. com who is pretty open that he doesn't support much of what Bolt says so even though they work for the same company he really did lead the charge about three years ago
2: It's very interesting that you mentioned, David, because with the recent Alan Jones kerfuffle, um, I think David made the odd comment around whether or not he thought Alan's behaviour was was good or not, and he he, he firmly stated that it wasn't from memory. And I believe he lost his gig on 2GB for that. So, uh, you know, he's such a champion of, of gay and lesbian issues and he's such a great writer and, you know, he's a man that will, you know, he's a victim of censorship in the way that a lot of other the writers are.
0: Yeah, look, I, I don't think he's drinking violet. Though. He, he, he's able to handle himself pretty well, and uh, and and back the other way, he's gone into Bolt's corner, not necessarily for the for, for his uh, his racism words, but defending that journalism has a certain amount of free speech that's required. So even when he's not necessarily a fan of someone, he's able to uh, paint his position in a really fair way, which shows he's, he's obviously quite an elegant character as well.
2: Look, just be, just before we we let you go, Miles. Um, what is the future of gay and lesbian reporting? If if we're moving towards something now where we're getting a better deal in mainstream press, does that mean at some point our gay and lesbian rags and and newspapers and dailies and online publications will become obsolete or more sort of niche publishing?
0: Well, that's, I guess, a very good question. And uh, as a a freelancer that writes knows Press, I certainly don't hope so. Um, But uh, I guess like Oxford Street no longer has the proliferation of people going to one camp because that's the only place they could go. While there'll be a disbursement and others are taking up the issues, I don't think forever that 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 will create a redundancy in in the gay press. But uh, it's great that there's actually a mainstream airing.
2: Look it really is and look we we would really like to encourage our listeners to to log on to same same and read the article that that was posted this morning that Miles has written it's it's a fantastic synopsis of where my mainstream reporting is at and and you know we'd certainly like to thank you for writing it and we're going to come back to you again because there will invariably be stuff that comes up in the mainstream media that we're going to want your opinion on so we've been chatting to Miles Heffernan he's a, a freelance journo and sunning himself in Queensland at the moment as a matter of fact so I'm not at
0: uh, all jealous
2: oh, n- not no, much. Yeah.
0: not much I won't tell you the view that I'm looking at right now then, but thank you very much.
2: <laughs> Everybody's rubbing it in tonight, honestly. Look, Miles, thank you so much for joining us. It's It's been a real treat chatting to you.
1: Thanks a lot. Have a
2: good night. Good night. Good guy.
1: Yeah, great guy. Smart guy. Mm. To find out more about Joy94.9, check out joy.org.au.
3: Welcome back to Salt and Pepper with Serena and Leaf.
2: Um, you are listening to Salt and Pepper on Joy 94.9. Please feel free to send us an SMS on 0427-Joy949. Drop us a line on it on air at joy.org.au. You can even flick us a tweet which is Salt N Pepper Joy. And you've got a Twitter handle as well. Tell the listeners what that is.
3: Big red Ranter. Fantastic. Because I'm it's- big and I'm red and I rant a lot.
2: Ah. Oh. I love your work, Leith. I love your work. Um, look, I want to chat to you about um, Doug Pollard, who has a show on Joy, the Rainbow Report, um, a similar ilk, news and current affairs. Doug wrote an article today that he posted on the Stirrer, his website, which is an articulate piece on the loss of marriage equality and its strategies. The loss, claiming that marriage equality has lost its way, he's outlined a three-point strategy that he feels will get the race back on track. And I, I kind of, I kind of liked what he was thinking, but in the spirit of being Balance And off the back of the Equal Love rallies across the country on the weekend, we've got Anthony Wallace from Equal Love here in Melbourne who's on the line. Good evening, Anthony. How are you?
5: Good afternoon, guys. Good, good. Loving some sunshine in Melbourne. Oh,
2: yeah, <laughs> yes, you too. yes, just at the, the very end of the day, the sun came out. Look, you know, Doug's written this really interesting article that, that, that is a very bold claim around marriage equality as a strategy in terms of things that we're doing. And, they, and he's talking specifically around rallies that, that we've lost our way and that they're not achieving anything. Tell us your thoughts on that.
5: OK, well, obviously I have lots of respect for Mr Pollard, mm-hmm. um, but his blog is aptly named The Stirrer. Uh, uh, no, I don't think marriage equality around this country hasn't lost its way. I think uh, what's happened is we've, we've had a quick succession of um, some failed parliament votes, um, federally in Canberra and most recently in Tasmania. I think um, the general... Uh, uh, thought is that um, most that do attend rallies have become a little bit deflated by, by this. and uh, um, But I think what's more important is these votes would not have even occurred had uh, the people not hit the streets over the past few years and um, pushed parliamentarians around the country to not only open up debate but to actually um, cast votes on it. Now I think uh, marriage equality around the country is gained huge momentum over the past few years and, and just recently in Tasmania it did pass the lower house so I think um, advocates of marriage equality need to give themselves a pat on the back um, that even though votes didn't get across the line, we never thought they were going to get across the line the first time. I mean, we know that New York got it after three votes Um, We've had one federal vote. Tasmania is keen to get it up again as soon as possible. And even in the upper house in Tasmania, it only just missed out on being pushed through as law. So I I think people think with a lost vote, it's dead and buried. And I can assure you that that's um, what the leaders uh, federally would like to think. The Abbots and Gillards of the world would like to think. But um, no, um, we take... um, in the fact that it was very close, um, and to the fact that votes were even taken in the first place.
3: Anthony, uh, I agree with you in that uh, the rallies have had their place in uh, igniting debate and getting people a little bit more aware of the cause, but uh, do you think that maybe uh, some voters and people that have attended conferences the rallies in the past might be a bit fatigued by the sheer number of rallies. I don't know if it's me being an old man and time passing me by quickly, but it feels like they've become a regular event and they've lost their power, if you like.
5: Um, look, I can uh, I can tell you that when you actually worked on them, it feels like it is every second week. Um, look, it, it uh, no, I, I kind of disagree. I think, I mean, up until the rallies on the weekend uh, certainly sydney and melbourne um we'd seen a, a rise in rally after rally each rally more people each rally more people so um up until the federal vote this year we'd seen a dramatic rise in rallies so to answer your question no i don't think that um by states running uh, three or four rallies a year is um overdoing it and uh you know it's 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 pretty much um kept it in the limelight i mean we've t- had made, uh, amazing uh, news coverage um around the country um pretty much continually throughout the year now i think it is the activists who have kept this as a high uh, profile agenda and in with uh, uh, queer rights around the country so no i don't think um that by having three or four rallies in a state is overdoing it uh and uh clearly that's not the case. As um, every single rally, numbers have risen, um, excluding the the last weekend.
2: It's a really interesting point, Anthony, because I'm not a great fan of the rallies, and I and I obviously declared that to you later earlier today when we set this interview up. You know that won't surprise you that I say that. I'm wondering what other strategies exist beyond rallies.
5: Uh, can I throw it back at you? And what is it about the a rally that you're not a fan of?
2: I just don't. I'm at saturation point, and maybe that's because I do a gay and lesbian radio and news show. I've done a a lot of lobbying in Canberra. I don't see how a rally changes anything. I mean, obviously, it raises awareness, but I think we've. I think I I happen to agree with Doug. I think we need to add more feathers to the marriage equality strategy bow. I think it's time to think a bit more broadly. Do we need to change the language? Do we need to focus less on marriage and more on equality? For me personally, I don't see the value of a rally. I don't see the value of it. And that's just my personal position. I'm saturated by it.
5: it, it, Sure. It's not the only tangent that uh, you take when you're uh, pursuing governments to uh, change laws. Um, And I can assure you that without street activism without seeing broadcast images of, as at Sydney last year where there was more than 10,000 people marched the ALP conference. If the media does not capture this, if we do not have the images that parliamentarians get to see when they're watching the 7.30 report and so forth, then I can assure you the door is not open to lobby groups um, such as um, the uh, Victorian Gay and Lesbian Rights Lobby, uh, the Australian Marriage Equality, who um, make call attorneys to Canberra, the door would not be open on this matter to lobby groups unless they are seeing a demand in the wider community. And the rallies paint that picture. The rallies get to show them just how many people are prepared to hit the streets time and time again about this uh, inequality in, um, uh, in queer Australia.
2: Look, I think you raise an interesting point, and I think I will watch with some interest to see what other, what other strategies come through other than that, which is the rally. Look, we've been chatting to Anthony Wallace, who's a representative of Equal Love here in Melbourne. Thank you so much for your time tonight. We'll Thank certainly God. come back to you again in the future.
5: Beautiful.
2: Thanks, guys. Interesting guy.
3: He's definitely passionate, which I think is very he important. He loves a
2: rally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah look, I'm, it, it's for me, I, I happen to agree with Doug. I think that the whole process is, is it's just losing its guts. In my opinion, and and I think there's so much more that can be done, and I, it's it's logical that, that a new phase starts. That when you've saturated one strategy, and and there's certainly a voice, there's a place for the voice of the people, absolutely. Yeah. Um, beyond that, what's next? I'd be I'd be really interested to see what they come up with next, and very supportive.
3: I'd like to know what other people out there are thinking, and whether we're in the minority. So make sure you either SMS or email or even tweet us if you think they're great or if you think they need a bit of change.
2: Look, we would love to hear that feedback.
1: This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au.
6: Hi, this is Rod Quantock and I'm speaking to you from Joy 94.9, Australia's first and only gay and lesbian radio station. And because you're listening, you're a nice person.
2: Oh, that's (laughs) so cute. I haven't heard that message before. That's adorable. Either have I. And can
3: I just say, there's a little weird part of me that enjoys listening to those uh, uh, community announcements because people have cleverly worked in instrumental versions of some great pop tracks right underneath I know, and I, I feel like I'm, I'm dancing along to an ad for cleaning and, and it's, <laughs> it's great it makes me want to go and, and buy things speaking of
2: cleaning we've actually had a cleaner in the studio and I don't know if people at home have been able to hear the little whir of, <laughs> of this little dude just flying along the studio floor with the vacuum cleaner oh he's very committed uh, look um, look in June this year, Pete and I interviewed the Salvation Army, and it, it was a really explosive interview. And, and we even got we even got feedback today about that interview because Huffing, Huffington Post has referenced our interview again. I over. Oh, 50, if you don't mind, if you don't mind, Huffington Post, hello. Um, the Salvation Army's Red Kettle holiday campaign is actually taking a bit of a battering. So the holiday season and the shopping is in full swing. Salvos um, run this Red Kettle campaign. And it's it's all about bell ringers and, um, you know, donations. And, uh, and this is in the U.S., right? It's in yep. the U.S., but I think something similar happens here. Yep. Um, the Salvation Army has always been very, very clear um, around not allowing people who are of the homosexual faith to join, um, to be soldiers. And there's a new campaign uh, which is being headed up by some... Uh, It's called the America Blog and they're asking gay and lesbian shoppers and bisexual and transgender, intersex, queer and allies to give downloadable vouchers to the Salvo's bell ringers in lieu of cash in an effort to let the organisation know that bigotry is not a Christian value. Now, we dragged this off HuffPost today, and um, this voucher is, is uh, it's, it's just a basic voucher that you print up, and everybody can do it. And it says, this holiday season, I'm supporting organizations that don't discriminate in any way against people based on sexual orientation, gender identity, or other reasons. And it goes on to say that they, you know, categorically won't donate to the salvos. So, they're giving them a voucher just to demonstrate that my money's going elsewhere. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting.
3: I think it's clever because it's a, I don't know, almost a passive-aggressive way of sort of, it's not confrontational, it's just saying, look, you know, you're doing a great job, but as long as this is your plan of attack and you won't, you know, be supporting... Our gay and lesbian brothers and sisters, then my money will go to someone who is who is also helping the community. and I think it's it's not too in your face, but the message is clear.
2: It's kind of like a silent protest, and I'd be really interested to see when they unpack the kettles or the buckets, whatever those things, the money and the vouchers go into, what the proportion of vouchers versus cash might look like.
3: Eight dollars fifty and a whole lot of vouchers.
2: <laughs> a whole lot of lesbian and gay vouchers. Look, picking up on another another item that Pete and I did a couple of months ago, we interviewed. Shirley Ropes Fel, Phelps Roper from oh. the Westboro Baptist Church that was 20 minutes of our life we will never get back um,
3: did you have to do the Silk, Karen Silkwood detox shower afterwards? I
2: did the full detox. clean. I, yeah, I did the full Silkwood on arrival at home. So we know that they're the most homophobic church in in the country. Um, they're losing lots of members at the moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, Russell Brand interviewed them recently. We're just going to play a quick little two minute grab of this. Listen to this. I want
6: to bring you a sign. <laughs> First of all... This says fag pimp brand. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Make off. yourself comfy, mate. Now this, of course, is clearly offensive. <laughs> As an object. Fag pimp brand. And I'm depicted here. That's not a very flattering photograph. the face you made. You made the face. I made the face. I pays the price. Fair enough. That's true. And it says here that I'm a fag pimp. Yeah. I'm English, of course, so being a fag pimp just means cigarette. <laughs> in, in the world of vitriolic hate speak, fag means...
5: It means homosexual. that you're an advocate for sin is what it means, okay. and a very loud one at that.
6: What, what, what... what appreciate your vocal respect, but these people are here to explain something to him, and it does take courage and bravery to come in front of a room full of people you think almost certainly ain't going to agree with you, so let's hear what they've got to say, because I'm actually very interested. Fag Pimp Brand. Okay, we're keeping this. You
5: make your living making a mockery of sin. In fact, since you promote sin, you hate all these kind people in your heart. I don't. I love them. That's why he applauds your sin,
6: because he hates you. I don't applaud any sins what's hurting people or yourselves. Do You encourage them, and then they burn in hell for eternity that's not very loving but when the lord jesus
0: christ said to love your neighbor as yourself you love your neighbor as yourself by warning them when their sin has taken them to hell and as a matter of fact if you fail to warn your neighbor you hate your neighbor in your heart so by a bible standard we love you all and i know that you can't believe that from your goofy hallmark standard but from a bible standard we love you and from
2: and a bible
0: standard too. he hates you right and you've
5: Look, you know,
2: we're going to just play this little oh, yeah. nutbaggery underneath like as we trick. as we <laughs> sign off from this show because <laughs> you know what? That's pretty much what it is. Russell Brand is—he's a good guy. He said to the audience, "Hey man, you need to show these guys some respect." They still spew forth our impending death.
3: Yeah, it's it's the same thing as what they did in uh, I've gone blank on his name, Louis. Theroux. Louis Theroux. Theroux? Yep. Yeah his brilliant uh, uh, doco on the entire family it was you know you come forward from this polite (laughs) equally British place Hmm. with manners and respect and you get nothing but you know Bile spewed back at you.
2: Yeah, from someone as young as five years of age It's deeply disturbing stuff. We will continue to follow the Westboro Baptist Church, if anything, just for the fun of it. Um, look, I've so enjoyed having you here tonight, Lee. Thank you so much oh, for joining yeah, me. Yeah, thanks
3: for having me again. I had a great time.
2: Will you come back?
3: Oh, definitely. Oh, just good. not next week. Because three weeks in a row is too much for your listeners. <laughs> oh,
2: <laughs> look, I, I think um, we had some great feedback tonight on some tweets about you. And yeah, thank
3: uh, you. Appreciate those uh, people who took the time to say something lovely. So yeah,
2: and we've just so enjoyed having you. We. Uh, we do need to let people know that podcasts are up and uh, we'd like to thank Matt, our technical operator tonight. And next up we have we have the show, The the Priest, um, The Poof and The palm, also known as The Spirit Lounge. It's a great show and we'd like to just wish everybody an amazing week. Yes. And, uh, you know.
3: Most certainly. Um, make sure you tune in to SatMag. Uh, this Saturday morning, I'm not co-hosting, but they've got a great little forum on World AIDS Day, December 1st. <laughs> I'm not 1st. co-hosting. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, you don't get me, but you get the forum. So. And you get
2: World AIDS Day, man. That's a really important day in the calendar exactly. for, for any individual with a conscience. So, Even if you're a ranger like
3: me, wear red. It clashes, <laughs> but it's important.
2: But hey, it works. It's fabulous. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank
1: you for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organization, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.